Just a few days ago, we remember how Jesus ascended back to heaven. After he was resurrected and he appeared to his disciples, proving that he was alive. And by showing that he was alive, he was also speaking about one message. This is the last message that God is speaking before he was taken up back to heaven. So this morning we will read and really take into heart what is the message that God is speaking to us before he left the disciples. So let's read from Acts 1. Verse 3 until 5. It says, To whom he also presented himself living after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them through 40 days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And having met with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to await the promise of the Father, which you heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized in the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So God presented himself alive after his suffering. So he says, he's being seen by them through 40 days. And please mark that this, this is not uh, an indication that we think that after somebody died, they are here 40 days roaming around, their spirit is not. Because Jesus, after his resurrection, his resurrection, he was not just a spirit, but Jesus had a glorious body. Jesus was able to eat together with his disciples after he was being resurrected because he already had a body. So while during this time, he spoke to them only about one thing. It's about the kingdom of God. And this is what we should grasp and what we should wait for, what we should prepare ourselves for. When we are being uh, faced with the coming of the kingdom of God, when you are in the kingdom, contrary, not just, not like what we are right now in a democracy, right? Kingdom is different. Kingdom means we really have to submit to the king. And Jesus is preparing his disciples and he's preparing us also. That after this, what is coming is King Jesus. He's coming as a king. And then he said, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to await the promise of the Father. If you see that the disciples, they are originally not from Jerusalem. The disciples, most of them, they are from Galilee. But Jesus said, don't go back to Galilee. You stay in Jerusalem. Jerusalem means the city of peace. That's the city where the king, that's the city that symbolizes the heavenly Jerusalem. So we are to wait in Jerusalem to wait for the promise of the Father. You know, 
in everything, God has its, his own time. God works. He has his own schedule. He will not be pushed by our, um, our own agenda. God, please do this, Lord. Lord, please do this. But God has his own timing. So when God has a promise, he said to us that we have to wait and persevere in faith. We cannot push our own agenda to God. But we are to wait. And that promise is about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And before this, the disciples, they already went through the baptism that they saw with John. John was baptism with water. But Jesus promised there will be a baptism of the Holy Spirit. So the purpose of the message today is that um, just right now, God is really speaking to his church. This is the time. You and I, we need to know. We need to walk carefully with the Holy Spirit. God says, if you reject the Son of Man, if you blaspheme the Son of Man, is still, you can still be forgiven. But if you reject the Holy Spirit, if you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, In eternity, no forgiveness. So we really have to be careful how we walk, how we obey and follow the Holy Spirit. So let's see first. Today we will see the person of the Holy Spirit. And we will see the baptism. And we will see the walk of the Holy Spirit. So number one, let's see the person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the third person of Trinity. So let's read from Matthew 28 verse 19. This uh, morning we will read from a lot of scriptures because we need to know and know very well what is being promised with the Holy Spirit. Matthew 28 verse 19. Therefore, go and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus commanded his disciples after he was resurrected, Now you go and teach all nations, baptizing them. So it's no more in John's baptism, but it's Baptism in the name. It's the name, not names. Because our God is only one God. But as one God, there are three persons. Just as we, we are, you know, you are one, but in your body, you have your body, soul, and spirit. So our God is one, but there are three persons. The Father, the Son, 
and the Holy Spirit. So now if you know this, Holy Spirit is not just a force. Holy Spirit is not just something that accompany. But Holy Spirit is the person of God Himself. So we are to honor the Holy Spirit as much as we honor the Father and the Son. We have to follow and obey as much as we follow and obey the Father and the Son. These three are one. Sadly, many people, many Christians, they believe the Father and the Son. But to follow and walk with the Holy Spirit, they say, no, 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 no. I cannot follow what I cannot predict. I need to know what's happening. But we need to learn how to walk. So this is talking about the person first. And even also in 2 Corinthians, it's the same also. It's being mentioned, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. So it's clearly being mentioned, God the Father, Jesus Christ, and Holy Spirit. And who is this person, Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit has been there since the beginning. The Spirit of God was above the waters in Genesis. And we see in the prophets, in the man of God that is being used in the Old Testament, the Spirit come upon them. And they were overpowered by the Holy Spirit. And Jesus himself, before he began his ministry, he declared, the Holy Spirit is upon me. Jesus, the Son of God, do not presumptuously started his own ministry. But his, own, his ministry is being started and prompted and directed when the Holy Spirit is upon him. And he says that he was being led by the Holy Spirit to the wilderness. If Jesus, the Son of God, following the leading of the Holy Spirit, how much more we should follow. How can we trust ourselves? How can we trust our own wisdom? Oh, I don't need to seek God. I don't need to find out what is His guidance. I think this is the right one. Many times, we choose our own way because that's easiest. We know our own thoughts. But we should learn from Jesus. If Jesus learned to be led by Holy Spirit, we should do so. 
So who is this person that Jesus introduced in John 14, verse 16, 17? And I will pray the Father, and He shall give you another comforter, so that He may be with you forever. And the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it does not see Him nor know Him, but you know Him, for He dwells with you and shall be in you. That's why Jesus said, it's better for me to leave. Because then if I go back to the Father, I will send the third person of God, the Holy Spirit. And He will be with you all and inside of you. Now, who is this person? Jesus said, He is a comforter. You know, Holy Spirit, He has a Holy Spirit has a personality because he is a person. You need to know what he likes and what he dislikes. Holy Spirit is very gentle. If we resist him, we keep saying to him, no, no. And in his gentleness, he will step back. So we need to know if we want this comforter or paracletos, the one who walks beside us. If we want to always keep his presence with us, we need to know his personality. And exactly God put us, most of us, the majority of us, in a family, in a marriage. Because in a marriage, you learn how to live with one another, right? You cannot have your own way because you are in a marriage. You learn how to understand your spouse's like and dislike. If you really want to honor your spouse, you will not put things that he doesn't like or she doesn't like. So this comforter, Holy Spirit, is very gentle. And his name is also Spirit of Truth. So when we are not walking in the truth, even though we say, oh, I'm a Christian, but we have lies. In our mouth, in our mind, we are full of lies. Maybe you say, well, it's white lies. It's still lies. When we live in that realm, Holy Spirit will move away. Because He is the Spirit of truth. Maybe you can commit sin, but if you live in sin habitually, then the Holy Spirit will step back. If we are living in willful sin, because He is the Spirit of truth, 
So it starts from our hearts. In Thessalonians, it says, Those who love the truth will be kept from deception. So it starts from the heart. Do you love truth or you love lies? Is your heart really doesn't have compromise to something that is not true? Start from the heart. And this Holy Spirit, this person of the third person of God will dwell with you and shall be in you. And then Jesus also add in John 16, verse 13. He says, However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. For He shall not speak of Himself, but whatever He hears, He shall speak, and He will announce to you things to come. Jesus was not hesitant to go back to the Father. Why? Because He knows that the third person of God will come, and He will guide his disciples, he will guide all of us. And he's the teacher that stays in your heart. If you maintain a heart that is full of truth. So this teacher will stay with you and he will guide you and he will start speaking to you. When you read the Bible, you don't understand and then you be quiet. You spend your time with Holy Spirit and you ask and he will start to speak and teach. And it's amazing that Holy Spirit, he says, he shall not speak of himself, but whatever he hears, he shall speak. This is what we learn. Even the Holy Spirit, He is not carelessly speaking to us. You should do this. You should do that. Oh, this is going to happen. Oh, that's going to happen. No. Holy Spirit only speaks what He hears. The heaven's counsel is talking about. What He hears, the Father and the Son is talking about. Only what He hears, that. What he speak. And it's the same thing with us. If we want to walk just like the way the Holy Spirit operates, this is exactly just the way Jesus also operates. He said, I will not do things without seeing my Father doing it. I will not speak without seeing my Father speaking out the words. And when you operate the same thing, your words will have authority. So maybe it's talking to your children. Ask the Lord, Lord, please give me your words so I don't speak carelessly. Help me, Lord Jesus. Help me to speak just what you want me to speak. Maybe you want to meet with somebody. You want to meet with your friends. You say to God, Lord, I'm meeting with this person today. Please put words that you want me to speak. And he will announce to us things to come. Holy Spirit is very important in the midst of this world. Now, we have so many news channels, right? 
the flood of information we have. And sometimes now those information, we need to know, is this right? Is this not? Is this biased? Is this true? But more than knowing about what's going on, you need to tune yourself to this one channel, the channel of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> because this one channel will tell you what's going to happen. If you want to really know what's going to happen, you need to listen and tune in to the channel of the Holy Spirit. And what I'm speaking here, I believe God does not want the Holy Spirit only for ministers, only for pastors. No, He wants every one of you to listen. Well, I'm a new Christian. Let me ask you, when you say, well, I'm a baby Christian, do you as parents, do you speak only to your children who are already adult or you also speak to your baby? I believe every parents, even though the baby is still in the womb, sometimes they speak to the baby, right? Jesus, God also wants to speak to every one of you. Doesn't matter where you are. Maybe you are a baby. Maybe you are growing up. God loves to speak. So that's the person of the Holy Spirit. And He is the power of God. Jesus was resurrected from the dead. God resurrected Him by the working of the Holy Spirit. Now, if the same Spirit who resurrected Jesus is in us, then if you realize that will put all your questions to nothing. The same Spirit that resurrected Jesus living in you. Number two. Now Jesus is talking about not only the person, but also the baptism. Many people, many Christians, they know the person. But they say, oh, I don't want to be baptized. Or maybe they know about the baptism, but they, well, I don't know if I want it. So I hope you have an open heart to receive all that God has for you because God wants you to receive abundance. So let's read from Luke 3, verse 16. John answered all, saying, I indeed baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I comes, the tongue of whose sandals I am not worthy to lose, he shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So there are three kinds of baptism here being mentioned in this verse. There is baptism of water. So when a person follows Jesus, yes, Lord, I want to declare my faith. I want to be baptized with water. So that person is coming to the pastor, please baptize me. But then there is a second baptism, baptism of the Holy Spirit. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not from a pastor. Baptism of the Holy Spirit is from Jesus himself. 
So you have to come to Jesus. You have to ask Jesus, Jesus, please baptize me with the Holy Spirit. You have to come face to face with God himself. Lord, I want this baptism. You know, the disciples, they follow Jesus. They know Jesus. They hear about the teaching of Jesus. But those disciples, they were not changed until they were baptized with the Holy Spirit. Even after Jesus was resurrected, they were still afraid. They locked all the doors. They were so afraid because their teacher was being killed. Maybe those religious leaders are after us also. So they are afraid. But when the Holy Spirit comes, the day of Pentecost, which is, we will uh, remember that next week. So all this time we should focus our heart. Asking, waiting for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And until the disciples were being baptized with the Holy Spirit, they were totally changed. They were not afraid. They become so bold in proclaiming that Jesus, the one whom you killed, is the Messiah. Now they are so bold. Why? Because they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And in Acts 10, let me just read this about this account to you. This is when Peter was coming to Cornelius. Cornelius was a Gentile. And Cornelius and his family, they wanted to hear the message that Peter brought. And it says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all those hearing the word. And those of the circumcision who believed, as many as came with Peter were astonished because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out on the nations also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, can anyone forbid water, meaning baptism of water, that these who have received the Holy Ghost as well as we should not be baptized? So when Peter was speaking and proclaiming about Jesus, and while he was speaking, the Holy Spirit baptized the people. How did Peter and his companions, his friends, know? Because these people who were listening and being baptized, they spoke, they heard them speak with tongues. Just like what they experienced, the disciples experienced in the day of Pentecost. So I believe this is describing that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is being recognized with them speaking a new language. So speaking in tongues meaning speaking the language of the Holy Spirit. It's not babbling. It's not just throwing out words without meaning. 
Speaking with tongues is talking to the Holy Spirit. That's why you should not just utter words, but it's about speaking to the person. When you are speaking to someone, then it's meaningful. It happens again when Paul came to the region of Ephesus and he found some disciples there who has been baptized but being baptized in John's baptism. So Paul said, no, you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus. That's why they were being baptized again. And then, let me read from verse 5 and 6. And hearing they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And as Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. So this is what happened again. When Paul prayed over them, they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And they started to speak with tongues. Now, you know, when you already received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's not something to brag about. It's not something to, you know, I already received. You don't receive. No, that's not the purpose. Why we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit because we need to talk with the Holy Spirit more. When you pray, you don't talk only in Indonesian, in English, in whatever other languages, but you need to talk in the Spirit's language. And when you pray with the tongues, you are praying things according to His will. And you are praying for maybe people whom you don't know. You're praying for the saints of God. And those prayers are really on target. So let's see in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul says, For he who speaks in tongue does not speak to man, but to God. So this is the purpose. This is the use of speaking in tongue. Speaking to God, for no one hears, but in spirit, he speaks mysteries. You know, when you are in a battle, when all your communication is being intercepted, then it's hard to win the battle. Because the enemy knows what you all are talking about. The enemies know your strategy. Same thing. We are in a spiritual battle. When you talk to God in your languages, the enemy knows English. They know Indonesian. They know other languages. They can understand very well. But the moment you speak in tongues in your prayers, that's a mystery. That's a bypass. The enemy won't know. And you keep praying and speaking in tongues. If you want to win in warfare, you need that communication. You need that strategy without the enemy knowing. 
So Paul said, I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than you all. This is what Paul did. And I believe when you speak to Holy Spirit more than any other person, speaking to God, to the third person of God, you are praying. You can start with your praying. You can open doors that no man can open and only Holy Spirit can know. This is the target in the spiritual warfare. And your prayer is working with the Holy Spirit. That's why in this last day, in this last hour, it is very crucial, very important. If you want to win your battle, your spiritual battle, you cannot walk by yourself. You need the Holy Spirit and His baptism. So the third one is not only knowing the person of the Holy Spirit, it's not only opening yourself, longing to be baptized, but it's about the walk. After you are being baptized, how do you walk? Do you speak that language? You know, I learned Hebrew one time, but because I don't keep maintaining it, it's forgotten, most of it. Some still can remember. But with the Holy Spirit also, when you are being baptized, but you never use it, you never talk to God in the language of the Spirit. That's why number three is very important. This is the most important point, is the walk. Galatians 5, 16, 17, I say then, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another. Lest whatever you may will, these things you do. In our Spiritual warfare against the lust of the world, the lust in our heart, the ego. How can we win? By walking in the Spirit. There is no other way. This is the way if you want to win. If you want to win over your bitterness, if you want to win over the hurt in your heart, the anger, Holy Spirit, walk in the Spirit. Then you will not fulfill the lust. Lust can be many things. Romans 8, it says, Therefore, brothers, we are not debtors to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you shall die. But if you, through the Spirit, mortify, put to death the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You may know the person, you may receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but we all need to learn to walk with the Holy Spirit, led by the Spirit. Many of us, we know we are being baptized, but to be led, that means we follow. 
There is not being led is talking about you surrender your will. I want to go there. But the Holy Spirit is leading through this suffering. I want to be free. I want to have my own will. But the Holy Spirit say, submit. We need to learn to be led, to surrender our will. That's not easy. Jesus has to pray with blood coming out to surrender his will. Last one, First Peter 1, 22. Purifying your souls in the obedience of the truth through the Spirit. To unfeigned, to sincere, to unhypocritical love of the brothers. Love one another fervently out of a pure heart. If you want to fulfill God's command to love one another out of a pure heart, sincerely. There is no other way except through the Holy Spirit. Love covers over many transgressions. We can be united only through the Holy Spirit. Let me ask the musicians to come forward. If you want to reach your goal of your soul, your desire, your mind, your emotion, being saved, being purified, no other way without Yielding to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Let's all stand up together. Let's just bring ourselves before God. That's what He wants. He wants to come face to face with every one of you. And let's say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. You are welcome in my life, in my heart. Come, flood this place. Fill the atmosphere, even the atmosphere of your home. Fill the atmosphere. We want to be overcome by your presence. Thank you, Jesus. We open our hearts. We want to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. We want to learn to honor and to love the person of the Holy Spirit.